Check, 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 check one, two, check one, two. Miami on the Rocks. Casey Childs, make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the Rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest got the homie DJ Conflict in here. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm good. What's going on, man? Got the DJ homie in here. Uh, you were maybe a, out of two DJs that are repeat guests. I think I've had a repeat DJ maybe twice or three times. So um, <laughs> I, I feel like I have to have a conversation with you like yearly, like a podcast with you yearly. I'm in. I'm just laughing because I was reading an email from my web developer and you just started, you didn't give me any heads up. You're just like, find me on the rocks. And I'm like, oh. yo, where's the countdown? <laughs> oh, is, there, is that what we have to do, no, a countdown? No, no, please. Oh. This is great. Put, leave this in. That's so good. Yeah, bro. Um, yearly podcast. I'm in. Yeah, we got to do this, man. Uh, what inspired me to to reach out to you, bro, is um, I heard you have your podcast. Plug that shit, my favorite DJ. My favorite DJ, the podcast. Yeah, if you search for my favorite DJ on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you can get podcasts, you'll see a little green picture uh, of me, and that's the podcast. Dope. And you just re recently released a um, episode. I listened to it on an airplane, and you were discussing the climate of music, um, the cycle of music. And just all things, because I agree with you. It's, it's one of those podcasts that I'm listening to, and I'm like talking back to it, wishing I could have the conversation with you because of some of the things you were saying. So I was like, damn, I have to hit up conflict, bro, and, and really, you know, discuss this, you know, one on one. We can do it. Well, what I, the podcast was basically something that I, uh, something came to mind because I started creating set lists recently to play music. And I don't like doing that. I've never liked doing that. Let's clarify what you mean by set list. Do you yeah. mean that? Uh, you just make a crate or you, you mean like make an a, actual order of the songs you're going to play? I make the actual order. Oh, okay. So here's what happened. I was playing in a club called the Yost Theater in Santa Ana, California, which is owned by my friend Alex Dreams, who's the owner of Club Killers as well. Mm -hmm. He told me, hey, we're going to shoot video when you're DJing. We're going to have people on stage. It's going to be a party. It's going to look great. We're going to do kind of like a, what was it? Uh, not basement, um, but that the thing that Fred again did where everyone was like going crazy about it. Boiler room, like a boiler okay. room set. So we're just gonna try to like kind of not replicate, but do our own version of it with video and, and audio. And he goes, but can you keep the playlist like this? Like, can you do this and can you play that? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So in my mind, I'm like, right, there's gonna be people on stage. You want me to keep to a specific type of music and genre. Let me just make a list just in case. 99% mm -hmm. of the time in my entire DJ career, now, I just go my off. Bad of, con, yeah. My bad con, my bad con. Like when you say list, do you, you don't mean a crate. What, let's distinguish the difference between a, make a crate and a list. A okay. list means we're talking the order chronologically, and crate just means you're throwing songs in a crate and you're yeah. Gonna that just, would be the difference. A crate is just it just holds all the songs, but a list holds all the songs in the order they're going to be played. Understood. Okay. I think that's the best way to kind of explain how, at least how it uh, makes sense in my head. So I made the list, which is the chronological order of songs, and I said I'll go to this if I need it, if there's an emergency, if it gets too crazy, because I don't want to be like looking on my looking on the computer like this and just like staring when the cameras are floating around me from the back, like to the side, like, you know, and there's mm -hmm. people dancing. I wanted to be active and like be in the moment and not have to worry so much about what's going to get played next, which is something that happens sometimes when you're in nightclubs, you look around and you're like, mm, maybe we should change directions. What are, what are we going to do? It's 60 minutes. It's just an hour of video. So I could kind of push through a list in order. And when I realized when people got on stage was that I had no room to move. Mm -hmm. and that uh, everything was going and the club is slammed. There's like 750 people in there all on one big dance floor with VIPs on the sides and a roof, uh, not a roof, but a, a second story bar. So I have no time to think. And every time I'm like, oh, let me try to deviate, the camera comes around and is like panning on me. So I go, all right, we're going straight off the list. Mm -hmm. I like the way that that felt. Mm -hmm. I've never liked playing off lists, 
99% of my entire DJ career, I've done it all freestyle, kind of like looking around, all right, we're going to go here, we're going to do that, let's move over there, and just kind of feeling out the songs as they come from whatever muse gives you that creativity. But then I thought, wow, this set list thing worked out, let me make one for tomorrow. Played in San Diego, had a set list, and it went over well as, again. How, with how many deviations? Like it's, you said, how long of the, of, the, of the set list is this? The set list was probably for the Club Killers thing, like 60, or for the Yost Theater, 65, 70 songs. And you went 70, 65, 70 songs without- With maybe one or two deviations okay. along the way where I was like, mm, I don't like the way that's gonna go. Let me switch it to this other thing. And then I, okay. but, but most of it was off the list, like 90% plus. So then um, for San Diego, I made another list. Now it's not always perfectly followed and I do deviate a bit, but it's the big, the big structures there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did one for Vegas at Tau. And I thought, wow, this is, why, why is this working? Why is this working now where it never has before? I thought the first thing I always go to is self-criticism. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, maybe I don't have it anymore. Maybe my creativity is floundering. Maybe I'm, I'm falling off a bit. So I need to make lists now. Like before I could go off of, you know, like the little Wayne thing where it's just like, it just steps in the booth and goes. Mm -hmm. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Mm -hmm. But maybe now since I'm kind of, you know, I'm 20 years deep, maybe I need to do something different because I don't have that flare that fire anymore but then what i realized with well, the more i sat with it was that it has to do less with me and more with music i agree and so what i the conclusion i came to after sitting it sitting with this idea like why am i working off set lists better i think a lot of us had those feelings that you had like experienced veteran djs who've been doing this for a long time mm -hmm. and it has like i said I, we're not impressed in a time right now like it feels different now yeah you know and i think a lot of us turn to you know you find yourself like in your set like a little more anxious than you normally would be. And you're like, why am I a little more indecisive on what, you know what I'm saying? And it's because for all of our career, every season, every winter, every summer, we would have maybe a, a 10 songs that we build sets around these 10 hits and, and maybe five huge hits and maybe another five like B records, but you had about 10 songs per season that you could kind of just build around. And now, that shrunk, shrunk, shrunk to where we're at maybe two songs per season, three songs, if you're lucky, it, it, you know, like, so you're there like, oh my God, like, like I'm my, the pillars of my mix. Like I don't have pillars to build a building with right now. Yeah. And, and you start to go, okay, now I have to experiment and fill the, the, this space. And like you said, there's a void. So you try, I'm on that good cushion alcohol. And, and you're like, you mentioned, you mentioned that on the phone call we had. Yeah. And I'm here like, holy shit. The, the, the room went crazy. They sung the whole hook, the whole song. And I'm like, okay, move that to my power crate. Like I'm moving songs that are years and years old to my A-list power crate. You know what I'm saying? Because they're getting me the reaction. And it's, you know. There it is. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's kind of the conclusion that I came with after letting, letting my brain sit with it for a couple of days, maybe two or three weeks, was that, I don't remember a lot of the 2005 to 2015 music because I haven't had to play it. We all haven't had to play it. Right. We've had things that come up, like you mentioned, 10 good rotating songs every summer where you can be like, okay, I don't have to go backwards. I could just play the new stuff. Right. But now what happens is in between those 10 popular songs that you'd have every summer, you could play like last summers and like three summers ago. Right. But now we don't have those three summers ago, four summers ago right. songs because they just, they weren't sticking. Sticking. Yeah. Uh, back then they were kind of like, man, 
the, there's so much to unpack here. It has to do, I think, with quality of music, quality of sound production, the uh, the way music is consumed, streaming, the way music is consumed, uh, the, the the lyrics. Uh, it has to do with so many different things. The tempo is a big one. I remember when I was playing in like 2010, 2000, between 2007 and 2010, if a track was 72 BPM, it was like, yo, that's slow. Yeah. How are we going to play that? Yeah. Like Make It Rain by Fat Joe was the slowest song and that's like 72 BPM. And it was like, it was tough to get in and out of because there wasn't a lot of other songs in the area to play with it. But now it's like, you know, it, if somebody drops a 56 BPM song, <laughs> no one bats an eyelash. <laughs> OG, Bobby Johnson. But not just that, like Roddy Rich, The Box, you know, which is one song that does still yeah, hit. Like 62. I think I have it labeled as 59 or something. But mm -hmm. it's really low on there. And it's it doesn't try to hide the fact that it's a slow beat. Yeah. It works for the song. And that's one of the exceptions that I think can can still be played. And it's like, yo, this is good. Um, but I, we have this big gap for 10 years or almost 10 years of stuff that's missing. And that's why we have to go all the way back before that time to mm -hmm. find stuff to fit into our sets now. Yeah, And that's why making some playlists from top to bottom has worked. Even if I deviate a bit, um, I find that, man, we have a lot of missing years of good music. Yeah, it made it to where like, like what's an opening set now? Because, you know, a lot of, I would argue a lot of like, a ladies, Travis Porter, Lil Wayne, Loyal, I don't fuck with you, uh, you know, bring it back, bring it back. That little 95 to like 100 BPM pocket right there, that was like the opener's like uh, spades right there. Sure, They're, right before the headliner comes on just to kind of get that last Right, lift. right. And now, bro, those are the records that like are, the, are, are pillars in my set. It's insane <laughs> to me, bro, you know? <laughs> but there's just nothing else in that BPM range. Exactly. That used to be, um, I had a, a podcast yesterday uh, with DJ Rapture from Germany because he hit me up and he's like, I, I completely agree with you, bro. Mm -hmm. And we talked for an hour and he goes, we used to live in the 100 BPM range. And he's right, for hip hop, mm -hmm. that used to be like the space between 90 and 100 BPM is where everything was yeah. in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then, you know, things got wider and wider, but uh, we don't have a lot of that now. Yeah. And so like anything that comes up in there, you kind of just take it and go, all right, cool. We're going to definitely play this, but you need other songs to play before and after it that right. have to be similar BPM ranges. Right, so, and it's and it's causing us to hold on to songs for a little too long. Like Drake, nice for what? I'm I've been holding on to that song for like five since it's come out. Like, dude, a, it's to me, it's still a hit. It, I, I make a moment for it because it still hits. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's crazy because there's not historically we would feel a little stale. We would feel played out. Still making you know. The, triplets out of that song you know what i'm saying so it, it you're fighting a feeling that doesn't feel right that's what's happened in the past two years to me i'm, I'm fighting a feeling that this doesn't feel right but there's no other option mm. and um that's when you know you go to the the, the reggaeton helped a little bit the latin helped mm. a little bit but now even that is almost falling into a little bit of yeah. kind of the hip-hop trap right that now. dj rapture told me he's like i can go a whole night without playing bad bunny and nobody cares the biggest songs right now are the Bad Bunny songs still. Still. Titi me pregunto Porto Bonito and you know, if you want to affect or whatever and then the up-tempo Apagón, bro, I play like five songs off that <laughs> album and they're still the big, they're A's, they're still powers, bro. Yeah. And they, there's nothing that's been replaced. Well, the, the, um, the Peso Pluma song, even though it's like 85 BPM, to me it drags. I don't like playing it too much unless I get like three or four requests for it. Yeah. Because it's 85 BPM and it's just like, 
you know, it's that slower kind of sexy reggaeton beat. It doesn't have that energy that I need. Right. That. So what I do with that sometimes is I'll play either just one, like the, the main one, Baila Solo, in and out, or I could blend it to merengue and do a little merengue, like three song set right there. Play the, the, the Bad Bunny one. Um, the Eja Baila Solo, that's, um, that's more up tempo though. I'm talking about the other one, La Bebe. Uh, Oh, oh, the reggaeton one. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, thought you were yeah. talking about the corrido that he did. No, 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 no. That one, that one's good. It's playable. Yeah. Because it's up there and it moves. Right. You know? And you know immediately it's either going to work or not. Right. But no, I'm talking about the 85 BPM, La Bebe remix. And then. It, okay. So let me tell you, you know, we're getting like, I love like the Kiki DJ talk. I never get to have this. <laughs> DJ. So I'm, I'm there and I download, okay, 85 BPM. I love this song and it's a little slow. Like my DJ mind is like, yo, this is like a slow reggaeton. I need a redrum. You know what I'm saying? So then I get the, the I'm not going to say what, what record pools. Uh, redrum not unless they pay you. And talk about it. Um, by the way, I have a bootleg and I got all your record pools on the same one for a smooth $29.99 and I split it five ways with my boys. So I'm playing $4.99 <laughs> for every record pool in the world. So fuck all y'all. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So I get the redrum that's like 93 BPM. That's eight BPM stretch. I typically don't like to stretch that much with music, mm. but I'm doing it. And then I play both. I play it. I'm like, I don't like this. Mm. Even though it has more of a, the song was not meant to have a redrum that has high energy. So I went back to playing the original and there's some, it's a slow perreo. It's it's sexy. You wind to it. You know, you could blend it with the Raul, the, the um, Catorce joint. You could blend it with the um the new Miko song. Is I love that girl. She's, but but yeah, I'm I'm indifferent with redrums sometimes, you know. Yeah, if you speed something up too much, uh, I'm not a fan, and if you slow something down too much, I'm not a fan. With with very few exceptions, sometimes you can get away with something, and it's just like, oh, this kind of works because the singer's cadence was slow to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like Rihanna Rude Boy, mm -hmm. the the By the Funk remix that she mm -hmm. did in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like originally, when I heard it, it sounded a little bit sped up, and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about it. But after a while, it's like, okay, it kind of grows on you. Mm -hmm. But it's because of the cadence with which she sings is. The, the, low enough right. to when you speed it up she doesn't sound like a chipmunk right exactly yeah you know what's funny here's another geeky dj fact i thought about it, like my standard bpm like when i started djing i would keep my songs at plus two right mm -hmm. so if i'm like if i have to stretch it up or down it's always gonna i'm gonna slowly always bring it back to like plus two mm -hmm. right then a couple years go by i'm on radio now it's like okay now i'm at plus three that's like my dj standard right now i'm 15 years in in the climate now i'm playing songs at plus like 5.5 like that's like on purpose consistently on, or uh, uh, yeah everything is like that's like the the default that it my my fader's always gonna go to five plus so five. If, if you're mixing in and it's at three you're just gonna speed it up to five regardless I'm, I'm going to blend it. And after I blend it, it it's going to, I'm going to slowly be with one hand while I'm doing yeah, other yeah, things, yeah. like take it back to 5.5. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that done. Yeah. I used to be three. Like, yeah. like I'm always like putting my songs back to like three slow, kind of like a pilot. We changes the altitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm always doing that. You know, I don't have a rigid BPM where I want to play all my stuff at, but what I do try to avoid always is zero and below. Like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You never want to hell no. As a DJ, if you guys are D if you listen to me, if you're out there and you're mixing songs at zero, that's okay. But slowly bring that BPM higher by bringing the pitch to a higher number so you're not playing it at zero or negative one. Because that is like a dance floor energy vacuum. And you might not even notice it. Maybe you're not paying attention. And because you're definitely not paying attention. If you're playing songs at zero or negative, 
you're not paying attention to your dance floor because I, I guarantee that it's not working. Let me give you, you let me give you one caveat where I do that. I have to do that sometimes. Okay. And the only time I do that, so, I can think of twice. One is that if I'm playing a redrum, a remix, I already stretched it up and I want to kind of bring it back to its original tempo. Okay. Then I'll do that. Or if it's a really fast song, if we're talking about um like I don't like speeding up songs a lot. If I'm playing at 130, I don't like to speed it up to 134. Because once we hit 134, it's starting to seem a little trancy or a little yeah, too fair enough. But you're not playing it at negative. No, no, yeah, no. Nah. And if you, yeah, and you might be playing it at zero. Sometimes, yeah, 128 is fine. 130 is fine. If you're mm -hmm. right on that, like you're mixing a bunch of house records together, you might want to have that for simplicity. But you're not going into the negative. Damn, maybe I'm an Engage song where I might have done that with. Like, and that, that's like that, might, that might be slightly different. You're talking about, okay, because <laughs> if you look at the percentage of BPMs, if you have a 95 BPM song, mm -hmm. right, and you decide to play it at negative one, you might be at what, 92 BPM, mm -hmm. 93 BPM, something mm -hmm. like that. It might be like 92. That's a higher percentage of the BPM. So you're talking about probably a five or 6% diff, uh, right. from the original. Where you've, if you have a, I'm sorry, merengue song at 170. It's double time basically. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you have 170, you have more BPM points to deal with. Yeah, so. it's almost like you're cutting half percentages. Instead yeah, of, exactly. For the people that don't know, music is all math, by the way. <laughs> and if you're a DJ, like you should be able to know like this math, like the back of your head. If you don't know how to count bars, if you don't know, you know, uh, uh, eight bars is 32 beats, you don't know. You now know. is a good time to start and learn that stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm at the point now, bro. I don't know if you're, you're probably at this point too, to where you could just feel yeah, when yeah, four yeah. bars yeah, goes yeah, by. Stop thinking. Bro, I could, I could, throw a song this is bro i don't know if this happened to you but i could throw a song right be go have a conversation and then there's a there's like a little part a compartment in my mind that is still keeping tabs on the music going by yep. and i could be like oh shit seventh bar in the middle of the conversation go back to and just blend it on the seventh bar it's yeah. crazy like i could feel yes beats you know that's uh that's experience man that's that's what comes in after years and years and years of being around music so much where you don't even count anymore it's just, it almost becomes second nature and becomes automatic where you're like, oh, there's my intro, there's my outro, there's my entrance, there's my exit. Yeah, I just, my whole life is a rhythm. Do you know where your blinker in your car, where it blinks at? <laughs> I counted one time, my, my blinker's at like 93 BPM, bro. I was like, when I have music, <laughs> when I have music on and it, and it, and it goes off, now I'm just, then I'm doing math. I'm like, all right, this song's about 90 or 100 and then my blinker's at like 85. <laughs> so, uh, that's funny. So we were talking about filling this gap because hip hop is trash. Uh, music in general, <laughs> has cheapened jesus christ yeah no it's what it is bro everyone said it you know and it's to the point where when local artists come at me i'm like bro you make a song in this tempo you have a 75 percent better chance of me playing this song just make something that you know people artists need to listen to djs more you know because there's a void for the artists out there there's a big gap that needs to be filled and if you just fill this gap you know it for example i told my boy the other day i was like yo let's make a song that's 100 bpm and it's got that clap, ka, ka, that bring it back, bring it, ka, yeah. ka. you know, I'm like, we need to do that. Like in, as producers and artists, they don't understand that. Like, what do you mean? Why does it have to be like, trust me, like, let's make a song like this, you know, producer slacked, artist slacked. And then, you know, boom, Diddy act bad, act bad. It's like, then I'm like, I'm telling you, we need to fill this void, but we know the voids that need to be filled in music, you know? Yeah. Um, damn. It's okay. Fucking A, bro. Let me put my shit on Do Not Disturb. Oh. D&D. Are you going to cut this out or are you going to leave it in? But I don't cut shit out, bro. That's great. What the fuck? This isn't, <laughs> this isn't some produced up shit. Um, yeah, but so what are you doing to fill the void, bro? Like, how have you conceptualized? Like, uh, there's lots of different things. The first thing I do is I'll make a note for like dead space. From like 85 to 90 BPM, I think there's a bit of a void. And if with new music, that's like, all right, how do I get from there to there? And if the opener plays Plain Jane by ASAP Ferg, 
which mm-hmm. is already a what a four years four year old mm-hmm. song or more um then that eliminates one of my big transition points yeah. or bobby even, Shmurda or, or Shmurda or yeah it's like there's only like four or five songs in that bpm range that work really well so one of the things that i do is i make a mental note or i'll send myself an email for the next time i'm like i'm on my computer to download or look for in that range okay you see what i'm saying so yeah. like that's how i fill a gap the other way that i fill gaps would be potentially by making my own edits uh which is um what i put out on my patreon plug that shit <laughs> so on my patreon.com forward slash my favorite dj i basically record myself making edits mm-hmm. and i post the not just the edit itself but the video of me making it so i explain to you why i'm doing it and how i'm doing it and then sometimes i'll make uh, videos of me playing edits and explaining why i'm putting this string of songs together like on the patreon it's kind of like i'm giving you all the magic sauce that goes behind the stuff mm-hmm. uh and the actual mp3s to do it yourself um so what i might do is make uh impact edits like something with a big boom that comes in with a tail and then it mm. like changes bpm the slam edits i love those a bro. slam edit or or something that has a subtle bpm change along like four bars or eight bars to where you can't really tell but you go from 85 to like 93 in a subtle way and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're in a brand new space where you have a lot of different music you can play yeah yeah bro i've no i you mentioned slam edits. I love them shits because you know you could you could use them as transitions, right? And just jump BPMs or I blend them, bro. I blend a lot of slam edits because you know it'll be, and then they one come in, bar, they come two in two bar, time, yeah. Because you know it's hap- you know it's on grid, you know, and then and then I'll blend them sometimes, and them shits will sound fire blended too. That's like kind of I, I don't think I've done that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think for the dance floor, those those slam edits come in really handy because it helps. I think it's better to do a slam edit than it is to do another transition that might leave your dance floor kind of confused. The slam edit, there's no confusion. There's a big impact. Everything stops. You know to stop dancing. Mm-hmm. So now you wait. Mm-hmm. That's what a slam edit does for your, for your dance floor. It's like, boom. And then you just, everyone's just standing. Okay, what's happening now? Mm-hmm. And then once the beat comes in, they can re uh, reassess their dancing and their groove. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that's better than changing up the groove so much where if you go from like 105 to 90 without a slam edit, it's like- uh, You're saying blend it? Like stretch it? I mean, song that- dude, I, I, where was it? I don't remember where I was, but I was playing with a DJ recently that was like playing plus 15 to mix stuff Damn. and like- <laughs> And it's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should necessarily yeah, should. You do, rarely, sometimes you'll make your own transition and you'll have to like go from plus 15 and go down slow, slow, slow and, and, and do your own transition live. Sometimes yeah. you have to do that. But bro, I'm barely, I'm doing that once a month. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like twice a month. Your monthly quota of 15 points. Yeah, stretching 15, like change the range on the, what do you, you play on plus 10 or plus, plus 8? Plus 10. Yeah. Because the CDJs are plus 10. There's people that play on plus 16, bro. I, have I know. To change I, them sometimes. I've seen them and that's okay. I, it's yeah. just not for me. I, I like it, look if i could play plus six i would but i think really? the sweet spot is plus eight yeah i agree because the turntables yeah i like plus 10 the cdj's on plus 10 i'm not mad at those either. if i get above eight though it doesn't sound right to me yeah you're yeah. just like tapping the little the, the pitch fader i gotta you slow know? that down a bit yeah um yeah man and i was telling you you know at brick because i do um because hip-hop is where this you know this um vacancy of music really is and my so i've been doing brick on saturday for eight years and that's hip-hop you know and for the whole eight years, I've used Island Caribbean. That's what's great about the urban Miami um, demographic here is a lot of people are from the island. You have a lot of Haitians, Jamaicans, Trinis, um, Bahamians. So you could play a lot of island music, which has tempo. So um, I, I've been using reggae and dance hall to balance that out 
my whole career at Brick, you know, for eight years to keep that party going. But yeah, now the hip hop is taking more of a hit. So you have to fill in these voids. I was telling you the last 15 minutes at Brick, I always do R&B because nobody could get into a fight during R&B. You can't, if you fight someone when Usher's playing, bro, you have like mental issues, bro. Like, I'm sorry, you can, there's no masculine like friction that can happen. Like, Maybe to- Usher's a bad uh, example because he likes to sing at married women and then there's like a whole thing. Oh yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah. Damn. This is like a. Contem- Do you want to turn that, that go down that road? I mean, no, it's like this is. I feel like this podcast is kind of like you know you got yeah. the current events yeah. on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usher Usher is not the best one, but here's. A, I agree with you. I always end my song with like a very uh, my my set with a very mellow song for that reason. Mm-hmm. But I so what I'm what I'm getting at is that I took that last 15 minute R and B set and moved it to prime time, and now it's and hidden. It, it bro, it hit bro. <laughs> I, there's there's 24 year old singing genuine in those jeans, and it's like how do they know this shit? And it's like. It's because they don't have anything else to listen to. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And that's a fact that older music on Spotify is streaming more than newer music. That's yeah. a whole fact. So, I mean, like... I think, look, to the, to break it down, and I guess in a super technical term, and at the same time in a theory, is that whenever we have a lot of something, it eventually gets pushed back. So we had, in the early 2000s, it was kind of open format, and there was a bunch of mashup DJs, right? Mm-hmm. It was like mashup this, mashup that. Everything had Gwen Stefani drums behind it or Neptune drums, and it was a remix of or a mashup of 100 different things with the same drum pattern. And then that became corny as hell, and we stopped doing that all together. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on to like open format DJing for like a little bit, and then EDM came and said, fuck that, mm-hmm. and just raised the earth with just 128 yeah. BPM and above. Yeah. So. Hip hop took kind of a back seat for a while. Mm-hmm. But then what happened is the power shift eventually came back and the cycle completed, EDM went down mm-hmm. and then hip hop had its chance again. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when hip hop stepped up to the plate, it fucking struck out Yeah, because we had muddy 808s, under, un, unintelligible uh, lyrics, uh, potentially song structures that didn't make any sense, um, topics that didn't resonate with general populations and it's such a niche thing that it just now had its chance to come back and it blew it Mm -hmm. and now that whole cycle and then reggaeton was like oh you guys not gonna do your thing okay we'll step in and do that then but look that came that come we're in miami so obviously we're definitely going to be exposed to not just spanish music but island music as well Mm -hmm. and a lot and sometimes european stuff will hit here Mm -hmm. if it's big enough right Mm -hmm. but in other parts of the country, reggaeton, you know, did a little bit, yeah. but it didn't fill that gap. Right. So there's people in, uh, there's DJs. Vegas. In, <laughs> there's DJs. In, no, Vegas is eh, so-so. But there's DJs in a lot of middle America uh, and even towards Texas and the West Coast, because th- they've always been kind of their own musical markets. The reggaeton did okay, but it never filled what it filled for us here. Right, right, Does that right. make sense? Yeah, we got kind of spoiled in that sense. So so they had to deal with EDM being like 90% of what they played. And then once that fell out of favor, now they didn't have shit. Yeah. They never had the reggaeton boom and hip hop is just not playable. 65, 55 BPM. It's not something you can play all night for a college crowd or for a middle America crowd. So what do they do? They just go, all right, what did I used to play in 2016? Mm-hmm. And that's what's getting big now. Right. All over the place. Right. I think that's why. And now it's leaking to us too, because now that I get done, it's kind of falling out of uh, the prime time. You're like, all right, so what the hell do I do? I guarantee you, if I play Akon Locked Up, <laughs> like prime time, it might do better than like any hip hop. I don't want to name artists and get in trouble, yeah. but any contemporary hip hop song right. that's come out in the last five that years. That booty hole brown, dog. 
Hey, what do you hold? I can't. If you were to tell me, I've had, I would have people come up to me, women, and say, "Hey, can you play booty hole brown?" I'm like, <laughs> I've played it twice, and here's the deal. Only twice? Yeah. Oh shit. Here's the deal. No, I, I mean, we're in different worlds, so that's just why I can, me. I can avoid. No, listen, I can. I, there's places where it, it might be a must play, but I'll just kind of like skirt around it. That song is cool for that first two bars yeah that's it yeah literally yeah and it's just a shock it's like what is the crazy shit we could say to like make people like so once that two bars is up and this has been the two times that i've played it once those uh two bars are up after her first couple lines the energy just goes <gasps> yeah and it just dumps yeah. i don't know maybe it's been the crowds i played for maybe it's my perception of the song but i'll play it sure i'll hit it but then it, the second i see the energy fading out i'm out bro you know what i've been doing and oh, i love when you get ideas when you're djing off the fly because I wasn't trying to like bring down the song or the artist by any means. Mm -hmm. It just, what I was doing was comparing two of them where it's like, I feel like in the generation of music that we have now, artists are, are being a little too serious with stuff that doesn't really hit. Like Soldier Boy was always, let's, ha let's dance, let's have a good time. Snap music was that too. We're not trying to be too serious, but I feel like th there, there are certain artists and certain songs that come out now that are trying to be serious, but you look at them and it's like, yo, the production's off, the lyrics are off, everything's off. Like, Bro, you have artists like Ice Spice or these people who just, they start, they grab a mic, they have no ambitions to, aspirations to be an artist. Someone tells them, yo, record a song, they just get in there fucking around, do it, and it goes viral on TikTok, you know what I mean? So it like the bar, the, the barrier of entry just to make music and so it's easily distributed. It just contributed to the overall thing, arching, um, I guess it just made music it cheapened music. So when you cheapen music it, because it's not valuable anymore, there's too much of it. So for something to have value, it has to be scarce. And it's just too much. There's just too much of it, bro. And it's just cheapened. And like you said, music is like a meme. A song is like a meme now. You know, it's it it it's, it's it has its moment, right? And then it's done. So like you don't sit there and stare at a meme or like you know like read a meme or bring it up more than unless it's your favorite meme, right? You don't bring it up very often. So like to me, what what the, I guess the the equivalency I was trying to get to was the fact that the the line at the beginning of Pound Town is the the whole thing, right? That uh, I'm not um whatever the hell she says that you know it's a shock. It's just for shock factor. Sure. And to shock people nowadays is hard. So. You you get that meme moment for the crowd. They sing it loud and then it just quiet right and then it's over right so to me it's like i might make an edit where she's just repeating that three times behind a clap and then yeah. i just get the hell out of it yeah we're get, if it's boxing we're getting a bunch of like songs that are like light jabs maybe a little a hook here and there but we're not getting like right hand haymakers so we're trying to make combos with a bunch of little light jabs you could do it but you're not going to get the the big transient the big the big your, your sets are going to be less um you know up the 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 troughs and the peaks are going to be, you know, not as high and not as low, which is, you know, I like my troughs and peaks in my sets to be super high and super low. A lot of people don't go like, don't like to go as low as I like to go with, with my, you know, with my energy, but it helps you bring them all the way back up. And it, the, the contrast and energy is what makes those moments. So I love going down to that R&B set, bro, and playing genuine in those jeans to freak me because then when I take them back up, it's a shock. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and if, especially if you're doing it prime time, uh, you could definitely build up a lot of energy because like you said, you bring them down to a, like a really low baseline and then you just go straight up. As yeah. long as you have the right string of songs lined up after that, yeah, that has them ready to go. I think the crowds right now are intelligent enough that they are okay with us playing old stuff. 
I haven't seen anyone be like, mm. yo, why are you playing all this? Because they, they used to say that. When you right. played older songs, they're like, why are you playing all that old shit? Like, where's the new stuff? More everything in New York. I haven't had anyone come up to me and be like, why are you playing all that old shit at right. all? Right. And I think it's because they all kind of agree without agreeing, without saying it vocally, because maybe they don't even like realize it consciously, subconsciously, that the last couple of years of music have been kind of trash. Mm -hmm. With the exception of some pop music, a lot of other things have been garbage. Right. And so they're more forgiving when we play Usher OMG or Where Them Girls At with um, Florida and Nicki Minaj and David Guetta. Right. You know, which is something that I just started playing again and it's like working or right. Starships. I played Katy Perry Firework and it went off. Yeah. But you go to that 120, especially the house music, you go into that era and you start pulling and seeing, experimenting which ones are feel good. And, and, and also- That's why set lists- or crates. Crates, crates. Because, sure. because I'm not thinking about Katy Perry firework, especially right. in the moment where there's a million things. You know what it's like to be DJing for a crowd full of people right. and all the things that go around that. And then you're going to really sit there and go, let me create a moment with Katy Perry. Mm. You're not going to think that. Yeah, yeah. But if it's in your crate and then you're like, fuck it, let's, yeah. let's roll the dice. I've always DJ like that though, my whole life. Which I have what? crates. Oh, just, my, like my crate setup is very easy. I have, it just, John, there's no gear. It's all genreed out. So I have my hip hop crate. I have my bachata crate. I have my uh, reggaeton crate. And within each one of those crates, I have a power crate, which is the, the hottest 15 most reactive songs. And I just balance, if I'm in the, the, the reggaeton crate, I'm going from and going to my power, hit a power, then I'll go back to the whole crate, play maybe a filler. Then when I need to play a spade, AKA a power, I'll go back to the power and do that. And that's how I have all my music set up in my, my crates. Right. And I've always DJ like that. That's you know? a good idea. But what happens- So now what's happening is that in my power crates, they're older songs. Mm. So, you know, like in my power crate, it'll still, I'll still, I'll have the new Fade and Young Miko Classy song, which is fire, a new song that is, is I, I really like that gets energy, but I'll still have Bad Bunny, Titi Me Pregunto. I have Raul Loquera in the power crate. You know, I have, you know, a couple of older songs, but it's just, I don't, I used to, okay, let me say this. I used to, grade the power crate on what's new and hot. Now I rate the power crate on just what gets reaction. Date irrelevant. Fair, fair enough. I think that's actually the, the simplest way of explaining what's happening on the dance floor and what's happening in music in general. What, what would happen, like not now, but in the past, when you had these, let's say 10 to 20 records in the power crate, how often are you cycling those? I'll go maybe, maybe every season. I'll, you know, take out, three or four and add another five, you know? Okay. Like, like so it's not, the, the turnover is not a lot. I'm no, not no. changing it often, sure. you know? But like I said, a good cushion alcohol experiment. Oh, should I got to move this to the power crate? Cause this is That's like- That's crazy. Did it, you think you would ever have to do that? Never bro. Insane. <sighs> Insane. Jesus. Let, okay. Let, let, let's play a little game. Like let, let's go genre by genre and kind of like, you tell me maybe your top three records that are sleepers that are working for you that may have been older. You know what I'm saying? So let's just start with like, Let's just keep it simple. 128 House. What are like three older songs that you really like? Any fucking thing that's come out before 2015, after 2005 in that BPM range is a hit. Okay. That's that, that straight up. Got you. And I, I've noticed this and I noticed it uh, at first at, uh, at Sway when the openers were playing stuff like, um, I forget what the name of the band is, but Shut Up and Dance With Me and like Justin Bieber Baby. And like these older songs that like, to me, you know, when I hear Justin Bieber, baby, I'm, I just, I'm, uh, okay, I guess maybe. Mm -hmm. But then when I saw the, the crowd going off and someone played it recently somewhere else where it was an older crowd, not just college. And I go, yo, this shit just hit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to start playing this. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and maybe it was one of the records I moved to the power crate. Bro. Are you serious? There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so, so anything from 2000, maybe not 2005, from 2007, eight to 2015 in mm -hmm. the 125 to 130 range, I would say is almost guaranteed to do better. Maybe not be that power hit, mm -hmm. but do better than anything that came out afterwards. Right. I don't know if I would date it because I would have to go song by song and like more sound wise, but I just go through those crates and like the older ones and what sounds right. Because there's some songs that just sound outdated. Like there's some songs that are old, but still sound on point. They don't sound too outdated, mm -hmm. you know, but some songs just sound too outdated that yeah, I, I can't, you know, but um, like levels, I love to play levels again, Avicii, like that, you know, Guaracha, I was playing a... a when I was going to 128, I was doing a lot of Guaracha stuff. Now it's getting techie with the house. The house mm. um, climate is getting techie. And I'm not a big fan of how tech sets sound within open format, but I'm starting to force it a little bit because I have some cool little mm. Bad Bunny. It sounds a little uh, empty, right? Like when you have those long stretches of just instrumentation, it's kind of like, ah, no. Right, so so let, let's- uh, Were you gonna go to, to other BPMs? I mean, the, I guess the hardest one to do would be like 90 to 100. Oh yeah, um, 90 to 100 older songs that are hitting. That's when, bro, that's when I go to like, if I'm at Brick and I go to that Candy Rain and I go to oh, New Edition, if it isn't like love, old, if old. I ever go to, yeah, like, you know, you could do the Biggie Juicy, you know, like certain ones that are, they're gonna sing, you know what I mean? That's interesting. Actually, oh. if you wanna search that up, I'll, quick anecdote, um, I used to play Hypnotize often. Right. Because it, it would just work. Right. When I started DJing nightclubs in like 2003, that song was only nine years old and it would still work because it was such a hit and we we were still working off of records mostly. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have that turnover of music like you have now. But I stopped playing it because, I, mean, I don't remember the year exactly, but I stopped playing it because it wasn't hitting. Right. It stopped hitting. Mm -hmm. I played it recently for the first time in a long time mm -hmm. and it worked and I just thought, are we really like all the way back here? Yeah. And now you're telling me Candy Rain and all this other stuff, and that's kind of the same time period. And I'm thinking maybe I need to go older. Right. Maybe I do need to go older. Shock them, go left, bro. Because that... 90 to 100, I was I was thinking like drop it low with Esther Dean and mm -hmm. Lil Wayne. I, mm -hmm. I would tell you um, uh, Come Get Her by uh, Ray Sh uh, Schremmerd. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of sleepers that I like playing mm -hmm. that like Umbrella by Rihanna, even though it's 80, yeah. 87 or Empire 89. State of Mind goes crazy. Empire State of Mind. And those are songs that are like a decade plus old. Yeah. And they're hitting more than anything else in that sector that has been dropped lately. Yeah. I would argue that you're going to get more girls to sing Umbrella or Empire State of Mind than you are going to get to sing Pound Town. Yeah. Beyond the first and not, no, I would just blanket statement. They will sing Empire State of Mind or Umbrella way more than they'll sing Pound Town. On a crossover club, I agree. Brick, no. Like, sir, if you go to the straight hip hop shit, like, you, you know, cause I DJ the, some hood shit, you know? So the hood shit, no, like, but, but yeah. For, I bet you, for, you for, could set it up to make them do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll definitely react to both, but I'm saying, sure. bro, the Ratchet Girls, when Pound Town comes on, bro, it's like their national anthem, bro. I would like tell that. them, you know how you, I would tell them, listen, if you sing this loud, mm -hmm. I'll play the, the record you want. I'd make them <laughs> sing Umbrella louder and then play Pound That's Town. fucking <laughs> funny, bro. Like if you want your request met, like. Yeah, you, oh, I would play, like, here's, here's, a, here's the play. You play Pound Town for the first like couple bars, and then you stop it. Yeah. You hit your microphone and you go, nah, you're not ready. I, I do it's too early for that. Let's do this. If you sing this song loud as fuck, I will play it for you. But you got to sing every letter oh my God. of this song. And then you drop Umbrella. 
<laughs> that's a good or, or you drop the white girls then and I need you and they'll sing it for real that's a good like mic because I think a lot of those because you know how you say you, you'll hit a bomb or a slam to like jump BPM and change the vibe completely sure. and go left I do that with the mic yeah the mic and, is but, the... but before every uh, bag that I have I have like a phrase that mm. I'm going to say and that's part of my bag to start the set yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying that's always it's 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 look as, as much as I prefer to do things without a microphone I think it's very helpful because it is that bridge from one thing to another where you could just talk. And, an, and another thing is that, like we said, these songs are not getting reactions. These new songs, a lot of times you could say certain things on the song to give it the steroid. To give It's like a steroid for the song and it'll give it a boost, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's what I do a lot. But yeah, as far as the texture goes, like, you know, the losing this shit? Yes. Bro, this porn. Right. Bro, that horn gives me goosebumps. But it, it, for an open format set, it doesn't really take you anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of flat a little. So that's why I'll have to go like, I'll play Apagón with a blend on this. So it gives, it gives the, 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 the monotony of the, of the, of the instrumental a little more. And then it'll go to the, it'll go to the original, but yeah. Yeah, um, I, I like that. That sounds good. That sounds yeah, I'll good. send it to you, bro. Uh, like I said- I'm going to sign up for your Patreon, by the way, too, bro. <laughs> um, you know what I'm doing now? Actually, I want to get back to, to that. But I, actually, let's go this here first. Like I mentioned, when you have the tech house here, the tech house sounding music now, when you have those empty spaces with just instrumentation, mm -hmm. it's it sounds too plain because everything else has words in it. Right. So it's too much of a difference when you're playing open format. So that's why just a simple acapella over that is like money. Yeah. Um, but the Patreon, what I started doing recently is uploading my professional files from specific years. Mm -hmm. I, I think I wrote a post along the lines of, guys, as you know, old music's hidden. I'm gonna start dropping the top tens of every year, starting with the year 2000 from my personal professional, mm -hmm. personal professional, I don't know if that's the right way of uh, framing it, but my professional music uh, collection. So anything, sorry, anything that, I'll put this on DND. Anything that um, dropped with eight bars or anything that dropped with a remix that I've collected from that time period, mm -hmm. I'm releasing it all on Patreon mm -hmm. for DJs that might want it or need it because a lot of that stuff isn't even available anymore. Yeah. I feel like the edits and the remixes, we're gonna, you said it on your podcast, you're like, producers, if, if now's the time to go and dig back into those old and make remixes and things because we're not getting any new music. There's a, there's a, there's a block in the dam, the water's not coming through. So now we have to, with all this technology, with the stems and things, we need to take advantage. And that might be the next wave. That might be, you know, I don't wanna say we're gonna go back to the mashup era, but we're gonna go back to being real creative with with making edits and, and things of that nature with the old songs to make them sound new. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I agree with you. There's lots of like baile funk drums that get added to things and I'm like, yo, this is dope. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I have one of uh, Mojo Lady with just the guitar that goes into baile funk drums. Mm. And it's that guitar is recognizable enough where it's like there, there's a bounce and mm -hmm. then you get the drums and it's like, okay, that's a playable song and I would rather play that than a lot of other things right now because it's a recognizable groove. Right. Um, shit. Let's outside of DJing. Uh, yeah, man, your 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 workout routine. How's how's things been in the gym lately? Yeah, you missed it. I'm, I'm wearing specific logos. I know, I know, I know. I'm fucking with you. We're <laughs> okay. gonna definitely. If you, if you think I'm gonna have you on this podcast and we're not gonna get to that, okay. like, you know. Um, but yeah, bro. I mean, most workout, DJs are fat and out of shape here, so you know we're we're out here looking looking like Spartan warriors still that DJ in the club. You know, it's hard, man. It's every day. 
Yeah. Because my kids have snacks in the pantry and they're really nice, delicious, <sighs> sugary snacks. Yeah. It's tough. Once they're in the castle walls, sometimes, you know, daddy gets hungry. Yeah. And it's, it's you wanna, like- You want to see the new shit I'm on? Yeah, sure. I'm on, I'm on. So there's a, a company out of Hawaii okay. that um, there's a, a access deer that yes. they brought to um, Hawaii and mm -hmm. they're basically fucking up the environment and the ecosystem and shit. So they need less of them, these deer. So there's a company that uh, snipes these deer at mm -hmm. night so they could get the kill with no cortisol because that's the best meat. So basically I pay for a subscription. I get these venison sticks, bro. They're nine grams of protein per stick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, bro, they're expensive, bro. They're like $100 for a box of 24. And I get like three boxes a, uh, a month. And <laughs> are you listening or not? I am. It's okay. just, I'm sorry. This is literally from the agency because uh, somebody's asking for flight info and, and, and flyers. So you get nine grams of protein from each venison stick. Yeah. Which is not, uh, is it venison if it's axis deer still? Yeah. Yeah, it's venison. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, bro. So I've been using those because I don't eat enough protein. So I'm trying to like force myself but to. But nine grams is not enough, sir. Yeah. That's like an egg. But what I'm saying, I eat five of those a day as a snack. So I'm getting 50 grams of, of venison okay. of protein a day. You That's know, a lot. and they're only 50 calories. You could just get like one steak. Yeah, but every day, I mean, eat a steak every day. I mean, if it's quality, yeah, you're right. But the best I feel is when I eat a lot of meat and protein and less and carbs, you know? But they're uh, trying to convince us that meat is bad, you know? <laughs> I don't I don't listen to that. Um, but uh, let's see, you weigh what, 220? No, bro, 200. 200? Yeah. Maybe, really? I might weigh a little less. Yeah. Fuck, I don't eat enough, bro. I work, I don't eat enough for what you're, I work out at. You're taller than me. We weigh the same. Yeah, bro. Uh, so you gotta have 200 grams. Still of benching 225, <laughs> 10 times. Don't get it fucked up. Don't think it's a scrawny weak shit out here, bro. My BMI is on. My BMI is on point. I um, I don't push myself in the gym too much because I always work out by myself. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to go for two plates, mm. but I'm just like, I'm, I'm just I'm by myself. I don't know. I just I'll do like 145 and 135 and just kind of mm -hmm. rep it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I've noticed something that's interesting. I probably should figure out what the root of it is. But when I tell myself I'm gonna, I'm gonna do five reps, mm -hmm. on rep number four, I start, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And then the fifth one's always hard. But if I tell myself I'm gonna do eight reps, then mm -hmm. it's always rep number seven where I'm starting to go into failure. Mm. So whenever I tell it's like myself- a mind trick. Yes, right? whenever I tell myself a number, my body is always like, can you do it? Are you gonna be able to do it? You're by yourself, what's gonna happen? I, that doubt creeps in. I think that's the most important thing to have in your life is implement <laughs> something that gives you that doubt. You know, that key that makes you want to push to the next level. That's the most part of part of about the gym for me and, 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 and the way it helps your mind, you know? You have to like, really, it's like war. You got to go to war every single day. You know what I mean? So and I, that's what the gym is basically. I like doubting, like doubting yourself and like all the thoughts you get from that last rep. And maybe I only need to do four, but no, I told myself five, don't be a bitch. Like it's-, it's That's exactly what it is. I go to war every day with the rep before the last rep. <laughs> yeah, bro. And, and, and you're borderline going to lose, but that's what you need to, you know? So I'm, when I'm by myself, uh, I don't, I try not to push because I don't want to have to be like, ah, eh. Yeah, be on YouTube. Help. Yeah, be on, be, be on a TikTok <laughs> and shit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but look, the diet is an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. The working out is as often as I can. Mm -hmm. Diet is 90%. Mm -hmm. And then the 10% is the exercising. Until you get to a certain age, I told myself once I hit 40, mm -hmm. I'm going to start yoga and I won't stop until I die. Mm -hmm. Because that flexibility, that mobility, that uh uh, minding of all the body's stability muscles, is, the yeah, stability is a pillar. That's yeah. very important for old age. Like yeah. very important. Yeah. When you lose mobility as an old person, it's over. Yeah. 
because one fall, if you fall and break your hip, I think it's like a, a, a 30% chance you die in a year, bro. Like it's, it's higher than that probably. Yeah, yeah it's bro. higher. I think it's, it's like in the eighties. Yeah. So my grandma was 95 when she fell and mm -hmm. she broke her hip and then mm -hmm. she just passed away at like 99. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks. She's 99 years old. She right. lived 95 good years of mobile right. walking around. She would wake up in the morning, hop on her walker, right. walk around the neighborhood. Right. You know, till 95. And then she broke her hip. What happens is when you when you don't have uh, stimulation to the brain and you're sitting in a room all day, your brain just goes, for what? We're out. 100%. And that's what ha I learned a valuable lesson to me is like, I'm too old to be getting injured. I just tore ligaments and ankle, um, ligaments in my ankle and I fractured my foot in three places playing basketball. And... I was on my ass not being able to work out. That's the that's the 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 bad part about getting injured. It's not necessarily the injury itself. It's it's the time you're missing in the gym for your muscles to degrade and 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 for you know get those systems out of whack. So yeah, bro, um I'm too old to be getting injured. So now I think I'm done playing basketball. I'm done, you know, doing competitive, highly competitive sports because the the, the risk is not worth the reward anymore, you know? So it could be done, I think, if you have a more control. Also, if you talk to people beforehand, you know, if you see somebody going kind of hard, like, uh, you know, I do uh, every now and then I'll drop in and do some sparring at the Muay Thai gym at Instinct Muay Thai, which is in Kendall, uh, who's owned by my buddy Manny. So I'll drop in and just do like a sparring class, you know, and you got a lot of like newer people, but also you have like some more advanced people. And if somebody's doing something that I don't like, I'll tell mm -hmm. them, be like, hey, I'm just here to like train, man. Can mm -hmm. you like tone it down just a little bit? Mm -hmm. I might be the heaviest guy in that class. I might be the, like the strongest mm -hmm. guy. I might have the most amount of years in that class, but I'll still ask them like politely. Mm -hmm. If you're playing basketball and someone's like, you know, being, or also you just step back and be like, all right, yeah. look, you know. But, but basketball, yeah, basketball is something to where like you can't, you could just tweak your foot on laying on someone's shit and it's not no one's fault really. So you don't play at 100%, dude. What are you trying right. to get, a 10-day contract? No, you know what's, know what's funny is, is, is I got hurt because I didn't play at 100%. So I was going for a layup on a breakaway one-on-one -on -one with some guy and right instead of me just going up strong and physical and like just absorbing the contact like I should have, I had doubt the last millisecond and I tried to take an extra step and avoid the contact, do a reverse, stepped wrong, blew out my ankle. So you so, tried to do something new and then it didn't work? Yeah, I did something out of, out of not fear. I guess fear really. That's fine. Out of, you know, so. Maybe, but, maybe fear, uh, were you worried you might hurt the other guy? <laughs> no, I was worried that the con, just absorbing contact, I would have been fine. But I was, I was worried about not getting hurt from absorbing that contact, mm. you know, which caused me to tweak my fucking shit. I guess, I, look, you could, you could always update the way you play basketball. I would say depriving yourself of something, if you like to play basketball, yeah. then just find a way to play it. Or shoot around and just still get. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Still get your reps in. Yeah. Um, as far as protein, bro, because you said your diet is a lot, and I've that's what I'm trying to focus on as far as my diet goes is is up my I don't eat enough, so I'm trying to get my I think you're supposed to get a, a on the high end like a, a gram of protein per pound, yes. you know, so that's two hundred grams on the high end. If you're trying to like build and maintain muscle, right? So I think we both are, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, maintain kind of, yeah, yeah. So how are you getting? Would you say you get your two hundred grams? I'm not tracking extensively, but I'll, everything I eat is protein. Okay. In the morning, I'll have a coffee with a scoop of collagen. I buy the collagen specifically. My boy said that too. I'm about to get on that. You're the second person who's told me to do the collagen thing. So this collagen is uh, flavorless. So it's just, it'll change the consistency a little bit of the coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, sometimes I'll do decaf because me and caffeine have a kind of a war sometimes. But uh, I will pour it, uh, one scoop and that's 18 grams of protein off rip. Mm -hmm. So that's 10% of my daily right there mm -hmm. with one scoop into my coffee. Right. Uh, and so after that, I'll, I'll do like a pack of ground turkey or like four or five eggs okay. for, for lunch. 
Okay. And when I mean ground turkey, I mean I open this. You know, my wife hates it because she's like, "Can you put some seasoning on it?" I'm like, "For yeah. what?" Yeah. I open the pack of ground turkey. I dump it into the air fryer, close it. I cook it, turn it over, cook the other side, Does pull it out, it? and eat it. And that's, um, so with the eggs, that's like another what sixty grams? Uh, no, it depends. Eggs have how much? I think eight. Sure, so, I might have four eggs. Okay, with the with the turkey. So no, no. The, the listen, the, the, it's maybe one or the other, depending on how hungry I am mm. for lunch. But then midday, I'll have usually like a pack of turkey, gotcha. and I have the whole pound of ground turkey. Gotcha. Uh, it's gonna be like another thirty grams, I think, something yeah. like that. It might be more. Okay. Um, and I get the ninety nine percent lean, one percent fat ground turkey, which is like ten dollars a pack. So it's, okay. it's expensive. Yeah. But I feel great. And yeah. then at, at night, my wife usually cooks dinner. So like whatever she cooks, but she will tailor specifically mm -hmm. to like what our tastes are because she's a really good cook. Mm -hmm. So she'll she'll cook for the kids whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And then she'll cook for herself. She's mm -hmm. She doesn't eat me. Mm -hmm. And then she just cooks straight protein for me. Like mm -hmm. we had chicken wings the other day and, you know, the kids had a, I think it was like chicken wings and rice and green beans and maybe something else. And then she just gave me a plate of chicken wings mm -hmm. because I'm only having yeah. protein. That's dope. I'm going to, I'm going to cut this out because, but I reminded me of it because I don't want to put it in the podcast, but in reference to the TRT, the TRT conversation we had, there's a big study that came out two days ago and there was a podcast on the whole study of TRT. It was like 10,000 people. I'll send you the podcast, but they go all over all the, it was the biggest TRT study that Dude, has I come don't out. Want, you so, can leave it in there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I mean, should we, oh, damn, I'm, bro, you know what conflict? I'm so good at being transparent and oversharing, but I just wonder like, if I want to overshare, like just, cause I, I know we had this conversation about me potentially wanting to get on it and well, look, I haven't done it yet, but. I, I can tell you, there's a little break. Yeah, look, so in regards to the protein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, can, <laughs> you can cut out that piece if you want. Yeah, I made yeah, a natural yeah, yeah. break. Uh, when I was 30, 30, 31 years old, uh, I had gone back from a trip and my girlfriend at the time uh, kept noticing that when I got home from DJing, I would mm -hmm. DJ every fucking weekend out of town. I got home on Sunday, I would sleep 22 hours. Mm -hmm. I was like, ugh, I was always tired. Mm -hmm. There was a point in my life where after working on South Beach for years, mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh man, I gotta do something. I'm always tired. I did everything. I bought peppermint oil for my house mm -hmm. and like had it always on. Because allegedly it helps you wake up. Mm -hmm. I did coffee. I would go and buy, you know, packs and packs of multivitamins. I would- Work uh, out, get sun. I would go out, I'd get sun, I would eat properly. And I was like, why am I always tired? Mm -hmm. And then I came back from a trip and my girlfriend at the time, she saw me wake up and she goes, you should go get blood work done. And I'm like, why? She's like, cause you might have cancer. Like mm -hmm. you, you're not, you know, the mm -hmm. way that you're tired all the time doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I go and I talk to my doctor and he goes, all right, cool. We're gonna do a couple tests. And we'll do a testosterone check as well, which to me was like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. So it comes back and my testosterone was super low. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, the range is like from 400 to 800 or 400, mm -hmm. 400 to 1000. I was like 280. So I'm almost- And for the people that don't know, but like free, what, what really is important is your free testosterone more so than your total testosterone. But yeah, that's, that's still low. Like Yeah, it was that was low. And my estrogen, which was also important, mm -hmm. was like below five. Okay. Which is the range is, it's like supposed to be around 30 or 40 or something like okay. that. That's a healthy range. And it was like below five. And So your your hormones were shot. My your, hormones your, were your, shot. And now estrogen is important because it helps with ligaments and with, with bone stuff as mm -hmm. well. So if you have really low uh, estrogen, 
that's not good. Right. Your ligaments are more likely to get hurt and snap and your bones are more likely to be brittle. Mm -hmm. So the doctor goes, this is low enough to where you might qualify to get testosterone replacement therapy, which is mm -hmm. TRT. Mm -hmm. And at the time I'm like, okay, can you explain everything to me? Let me read up. This is a long, not a long time ago, but a couple of years ago, I was about 30. And so they explain everything to me and I go, okay, cool. So I have to do this shot forever. He goes, yeah. And I go, downsides. He goes, downsides, you got to do this shot forever. I go, upsides. He goes, upsides, you're going to feel a lot better because your normal hormone production is not working anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just not doing what it needs to do. At the same time, there comes a time where the threshold of uh, the problems of not taking TRT will outweigh the actual doing the TRT. Uh, exactly. Because your bone density drops, your ligaments get weak, and, right. and just overall quality of life is on the floor. Right. So as I do with every problem that arises in my life, mm -hmm. I kind of put it on a back burner, but it doesn't go away until I find a solution. I cannot discard things that come up that I don't right, understand. Right, you'll have like low, low level anxiety uh, until you get it off your, me too, I'm the same way. So I just, I sat with it for a while and then I decided, all right, I'm gonna go on the TRT, which I have been doing and I'm still on. Mm -hmm. It's uh, two shots a week. Uh, and eventually the only answer I can come up with, now there's one answer that's kind of like a, a wild card, which is, uh, at some point I had some sort of a head trauma, whether uh, as a kid mm -hmm. or as an adult, mm -hmm. and that turned off my hormones or it dropped my hormone producing uh, system to a I point think, where- I think about that taking Accutane to get rid of my um, acne in high school, but continue. So it could be that wild card that mm -hmm. I don't know that right. would be just a mystery. Right. Did I hit my head at some point in a weird angle? Right. Did I dive into a pool in the wrong way and right. so, you know just jostled my brain to where my hormones don't produce how they're supposed to? Or- and this is what I think is the most likely working for nightlife, like a vampire, years, a vampire. Yep. From 11 o'clock at night to five in the morning and sleeping from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. for years, mm. multiple times a week. My body's endocrine system, which produces the hormones, just right. said, hey, buddy, nah, yeah, we're out. We're done. <laughs> we're done here. I think about that, too. And they closed up shop. And yeah. I think that's what's the most likely because I have been DJing since I was 17, 18 at nightclubs. Mm hmm. And I, that means that I've been staying awake at least two nights a week. But when I was uh, working, you on did South you, Beach. You, you did the bro, Khan. You did the era of South Beach where you were you were going to sleep at six a.m. Right? Yes, yeah. My my, I never got that late. I got to like four a.m. You know, I never did the till five a.m. clubs. I always most of my career did the till three a.m. Sure, maybe four. You know, but yeah. So, <laughs> Look, but yeah. you're still you're still outside that window. I think it's somewhere right. between like twelve and three in the morning where the system kind of flushes out. Right. And so not only are you dealing with hormonal consequences from being up all night, but also uh, just g regenerative things aren't happening. Right. Your brain isn't clearing out all the, right. the uh, I forget what it is, but there's like used cells or discarded cells that it flushes out mm -hmm. when you're sleeping. And you know, if you're not sleeping mm -hmm. at that time, it's going, that's yeah, a problem. And, and I always wonder though, damn, I wish we could talk to a real doctor about this to just have, get let DJs get their shit off. But like, I wonder if just getting the eight hours, cause I can still get my eight hours and still feel like I slept. Like I don't need naps at all, hmm. but it is just, it's a delayed, it's a delayed circadian rhythm, but it's still uh, efficient circadian. It's still, I'm getting my, I'm getting my sleep stages. You know what I'm saying? I still, I wake up restored, you know, but I went through the same thing recently to where I took a blood test and my T was low. So did you do it? I remember we talked about this a while back. I did it. First of all, I did it in the afternoon, mm -hmm. like way in the afternoon. And I think I did it uh, I drank a little bit before, like the night before I had a couple beers. I don't know how much- Does that, that change things? I looked it up and it, you're, yeah, some say, yeah, say, yeah. Okay. Like you're so you're supposed to take your tea in the morning. It's the highest in the morning, but oh, still okay. my, I, it shouldn't be below. So then I'm here like, okay, that's weird because 
first of all, I look up symptoms and shit, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna be explicit. My dick works really well. So I'm like, why? I, I, okay, am I tired? Do I take naps? Do, no. Um, what symptoms am I feeling that would reflect this low T level? And I'm like, no. But then you think you have a conversation with yourself like, can I have more energy? And maybe I just, I'm used to being this, but I'm still productive. You know, I still go to work. I'm still enough energy to go to the gym. I eat well. My, all my metrics are on point. My BMI is on point. I'm not obese. My, my, my um, metabolism, my metabolic function is on point. Everything is on point, but there's no symptoms. So I'm here like, I, I got my, I got it measured at a TRT clinic. So I mean, then my conspiracy theory is like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. are they trying to, like, to just get general. me to do, yeah, so- so yeah, man, and then I flirt, and then I had someone else in the in the nightlife industry. I talked to you and another friend who is really I respect is really high up. I consider them smart, you know, and um and and you guys both advocated for it, and I just never did it, and I haven't. I got to get my blood work done once my body gets back in cycle from this Europe trip. I'm gonna get my blood work done again and, and see what my T levels are. But I'm so afraid to me mess with my hormones, like just modulate them a little because. It's it, it, a lot of them doctors say if you don't have symptoms, then you're good. Like a lot of people just have naturally low T and and their um uh their free testosterone is on point. Like my free testosterone is on point. It's just my overall testosterone is low. So I'm like Well, here's the deal. Here's what I would recommend. I'm not a doctor and do your own research, but find um don't go to a TRT clinic, potentially go to a uh, general, your your mm -hmm. primary or whatever. Mm -hmm. Explain to him all your concerns, right? And then say, look is it possible to do kind of a cycle on mm -hmm. and do maybe two months mm -hmm. or three months at most, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where you're not gonna mess your system up mm -hmm. forever. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then go from how you feel now to how you feel at you know the peak of that, that uh, right. trial. And then if you're like, oh, there's a fucking difference. Right. Then you have your answer. The plan I formulated in my head, and I think I'm gonna go with this, depending on if my T is crazy. It can't, I don't see it being lower than what it was before. I think that was my low end. But anyway, my plan that I formulated is I'm gonna wait till I have kids. I'm, I'm 34 right now. So I'm gonna revisit this at 40, unless symptoms get crazy and I start mm. developing symptoms. I'm gonna hopefully have kids by 40, examine this at 40 and say, I don't want any more kids. Cause that's another big factor of me fucking, like wanting to have kids and, and fucking with my hormones in that sense. But um, yeah, I think I'm gonna, and then more t uh, research and technology, and, and by the time I'm 40, we'll be out and to help us make more of an even sounder decision without any worry or anxiety around the decision at all. So yeah, so yeah, I think that's what I'm leaning toward. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm due to get my T level. Fair too. enough. Yeah, get it yeah. checked. If you don't have symptoms, I'd say you know whatever you decide for yourself. That's gonna be the best one. Yeah, it's weird. Like I could grow my beard. Like my, yeah, I, could, that, I could build muscle. Like I'm my, like I don't have any symptoms of of low T. It's weird. Like I don't know, bro. That was know. never. You know, I don't think the beard thing is an issue at all. Yeah, I mean, I know people who have high testosterone usually can grow a really good beard. You know, that's that's linked to testosterone. Is, is it? Is, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Shit. Okay. So. Um. Oh yeah, so your agency, bro. Uh, you were talking about that on your podcast, and you said something interesting. And I, you were like, anybody can join. And I was mm. like, mm, now I want to hear more, you know, um, because it's now it's an open thing to the public, and it's not like, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you you're not selecting DJs or? So here's the deal. I'll give you the whole rundown. In January of this year, I had a situation come up that was something new that had never happened to me before. I was on a two. I've been on two DJ agencies in my entire career. And uh, after leaving them uh, this January, I was by myself. I didn't have anything to do with any agencies or any booking 
agent or management company. I got a cold DM from a club in Reno. They said, hey, we'd love for you to come DJ. And I, I'm like, of course, that's what I do. Let's figure this out, right? So as I do with most of my things, you know, I figure out the structure, the payment, the contract situation, become a vendor for that specific spot because you can't just come in. And then they say, all right, the gig's in August. And say, all right, this is January though. Do you have anything sooner? Maybe. I hate that shit. I got, a, I got a wedding in 2027. Can you DJ my wedding, bro? Listen, dude, that's, that's a check in August that I don't have to think about after January. So I set it up. And then I go, because it's in August, can we get something on the books earlier? They say, yeah, of course. We got this date in May open. And I look, I open my calendar, and that's the one date that I've already booked out to another club. Oh, and I think to myself, I don't want to lose. There's a check on the table. I, I like checks. Even if I don't get it, maybe I can give it to someone. So I hit up my buddy in Vegas. And I go, hey, Booza, I got this gig in Reno. They're paying X amount of dollars. I just brokered the entire deal. All you got to do is just say you're in. I sent them your Instagram. They're interested. Or do you want to go? He goes, send them over. So Booza gets that gig. Now, I'm not making any money off that. But I got my buddy that I vouch for because he's good. And this is not the first time that I had vouched for him or vouched for DJs in specific sectors mm -hmm. and specific venues. And then I think to myself, I need a team. Because if I get overspill from gigs like this, I got to be able to put it somewhere else that stays inside of a network that I have immediate right. contact with. Right. Does that make sense? 100%. Instead of leaving the, the check in the open market for someone else to pick it up, how about we just take it in and we figure it out afterwards, yeah, right? So then I thought, all right, I need to get probably a group of guys together. Then I had my buddy Ryan from the Northeast, DJ Ryan Machado, who kept pushing me. He's like, yo, you got to start an agency. You got to do it. You got to start an agency. I'm like, Ryan, stop. I gotta find other things to do. Mm -hmm. I'm already in the, the the music thing. I need extra out, you know, extra curricular yeah. money drips. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah, this. Yeah. And he's like, no, you gotta do it, man. I'm telling you, you gotta do it. So he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then that situation came up and I was like, fuck it, let's go. Right. So then the idea starts evolving. I picked DJs that I thought were the best DJs in their market that were not on an agency and that I liked and that we could work together. Mm -hmm. So DJ EU from Atlanta, DJ RM from Boston, DJ Mr. Shaw from Chicago, DJ Booza from Las Vegas, and then DJ Obscene from here in Miami. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, offered also to my other buddy, who's a good DJ friend of mine, but he didn't sound too warm to the idea, so I just like let it go. So I almost have the perfect super team, but you know we might be missing a component here or there. So then I thought to myself, this is the way that we're going to roll. Guys, we're going to be five hunters or six hunters that whenever we catch something, we bring it back to the table, we all eat. Not like we used to do, which is like, all right, I'm gonna hunt for food. If I don't, if I don't catch something that day, I'm not eating, right. right? But now what happened is Reno sent over two venison, right? And I said, all right, cool, I can only eat one. What'd I do this other one? Yeah. All right, buddy, here you go. Yeah. You pull pull resources together, bro. One plus one equals three. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if it, Maybe not so much one plus one is three, but you know, zero is zero. Right, and if if four people don't have anything for a month, but then one person brings on board a contract that's like, "Yo, we need a DJ every month." Guess what? Now those four are going to be working because yeah. they don't want the same guy every week. Right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, so that was the idea for the main roster. But then I thought, all right, I want to add to the community as I've always done with a free podcast with Patreon that gives out edits mm -hmm. uh, and also you know charges here and there for things as well, like. I almost feel like guilty saying that I charge for resources, but at the same time, it takes a lot of years to accumulate the experience yeah, and knowledge. You know? uh, so the Patreon, there's some things that I'll give out for free, but most of it is behind the paywall. But then I thought, damn, there's DJs all over this country that could benefit from being on an agency because they need resources. 
And I thought to myself, how do we incorporate them too? I want to be inclusive, right? So I have my main roster, which are the guys that I handpicked that are going to be the traveling guys. And then there's going to be the full roster, which is going to be open for signups. And so that's what you're going to pay a monthly fee for to be on board. Now, what do you get if you're a part of the full roster? You're still going to be displayed on the website. So if you get somebody that goes, hey, man, uh, can you let me know about your agency? You can go, yeah, no problem. Here's my link to the full roster. This is where my name's at, right? So you get to be on an agency website for people that want agencies only, right? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. You're going to have access to a gig board. So I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram sometimes when I play in Sway or in Fort Lauderdale in general, I might need an opener. So I post on my Instagram, hey, any DJs free Saturday from 11 to 2, let me know, or 11 to 4, whatever the case might be. Let me know I need an opener, right? And I get all the DMs and then I just go down and I'm like, all right, you're going to good. You'll do good whenever I want to give somebody a chance that I think that, you know, deserves it or has their shit together. Then they get put on. I'm going to stop doing that because it's all going to go on this thing called the gig board. When you sign up for the agency and you have your subscription, you're going to have access to this gig board where every DJ that can post will post when they need something. So when I need an opener in Fort Lauderdale or when Ryan needs something in Boston, instead of going to Instagram, we're going to go to the gig board. And this is going to be open to guys as well. If the, if you are a DJ in Rochester, New York, and all of a sudden on Friday, you're double booked. Instead of figuring out how to give that away or just be like, oh, hey, I can't do it. I'm sorry. You put it on the gig board and then people can message you and say, hey, I'm free. And then you vet them and you go, yo, you're on. And it stays inside of a closed network so we can all work for each other. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. And then also, you're going to have access to designers. There's going to be a little design platform where you say, I need uh, you to do this or calendar or logo or press kit. Because you're going to get a checklist the second you got, uh, sign up to the agency, mm -hmm. a checklist and a scheduler. The checklist is going to tell you all the stuff you need. You need your press kit. You need um, a logo. You need your Instagram to look right. And you're going to have a scheduler where I'm going to call you and be like, all right, this is what we got to do. This is what are your goals? What are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? Like a real management company yeah. would talk to individuals. For a, a, a monthly subscription. Yeah. Do so you want to say the price on that yet or no? Uh, so it's the monthly one is going to be 25 bucks okay. per DJ. because And that basically gets a consultation with you too? Like no, as no. Far the, as the, first, the first month is 50 because I got to get on a phone call. Okay. And then every other month is forever will be 25 bucks. Gotcha. Uh, and so what that comes out to, it's less than 500 bucks a year. It's something like, what is that? Um... 11 times 25 is 225 plus 50 bucks, 275. Mm -hmm. So 275 a year, which is less than one gig for most DJs. Mm -hmm. There's more that you get when you're subscribed. You're going to get- 275 is less than a gig for most DJs. I want, that's a good, that's a good um, question. I don't know. I'm going to double check my math because- uh, You think I, the average DJ is less than 275 a gig? 11 times 25 is 275. See, my math is wrong. Plus 50, it's 325. Okay. 325 per year. Uh, for the first year, then after that, it'll be two seventy five. It's twenty five gotcha. bucks a month. Gotcha. I don't like to look at it as like a year thing because it sounds kind of, it sounds like more. Right. But it's twenty five bucks a month. Yeah. Some D it'll be less than what some DJs uh, get paid for one gig. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think most DJs will get paid more than three hundred and twenty five dollars or two seventy five for a gig. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's some that you know some gigs might not be. They might be two hundred bucks for a two hour or one hour set, whatever the case yeah. may be. But if you're also subscribed, you have uh, somebody. This is a situation that came up recently. I, I have been on phone calls with DJs every week, hours and hours and hours, because they ask me the same questions and they're like, yo. So I had to find a way to contribute to the community, but at the same time, protect my time right. and protect my resources as well. Right. And that's what this kind of like, it's kind of a marriage of both. Yeah. 
I was on a phone call with two, DJ, two DJs yesterday. Mm -hmm. One of them was like, yeah, you know, I just traveled over there and I got, and, and I did this. And I'm like, cool, man, what'd you get paid? Mm -hmm. And he goes, 700 bucks. I go, you went out of town for 700? He goes, yeah. I said, did you pay for your flight? He goes, yeah. He's like, did you book your hotel? I said, no, they booked my hotel. I said, all right. How much was in your pocket? He goes, I don't know. I go, I see all those things are a problem. Yeah. Number one, you should never, I, I made a real simple formula that doesn't always work, but it works in most instances. You should never travel out of town for less than double what you make in your pocket. Meaning if your highest local gig is 500 bucks, you never leave your city for less than $1,000 in your pocket once everything's done. After you've paid for your flight, after all your expenses, after if you have to pay for a hotel, hopefully they take care of it. If there isn't $1,000 in your pocket, you have done yourself a disservice and the market a disservice. Especially if you flew out to like miss one of your hometown gigs. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens with me a lot. Like they're gonna pay me more to fly out, but it's not enough to like make it worth me going out of town. You know what I'm Sometimes saying? Sometimes that's like, the way it is, Yeah. right? So then you have to have an agency kind of get creative and broker. Because if you tell me, all right, you make $1,000 locally and someone's offering 1,500 plus hotel, you're gonna end up making 1,000 after your flight and expenses because you're gonna eat. Mm -hmm. and, and water at the airport costs like $37 for a small bottle. So you're gonna have to buy water and it's expensive and you're gonna leave it behind because I've left millions of bottles of waters behind. Uh, camera's good? That one's gone, but we're good. All right. So the idea is you'll also have resources. If you want to travel out of town and you got somebody telling you, hey, we're ready to book you, you go, no problem. Let me have my agency send over a contract. So now what we're doing is we'll broker that entire thing for you mm -hmm. once it's already on the table and ready to go. Mm -hmm. See, like we're not going to specifically go out and find everyone gigs. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I'm not going to promise the world to anyone by any means. Mm -hmm. But if you're stuck somewhere, you're like, yo, they're asking me to get a contract. What do I do? Or how much should I ask for when I go out of town? Or this place is telling me this, or do you think this is a fair deal? All those things, we can help you because we have resources as an agency. And I know every corner of this country, what they're paying. Because mm -hmm. I've been to all of them and so have the other guys. So specifically because uh, uh, well, they're there. What, what market do you think is paying the most right now? What market do I think is paying? Yeah. I can't answer that. Oh. It's not market dependent. Okay. It's not. Like it's club dependent? I think it's club dependent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel I feel like the pay, as as I guess, the 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 culture and the music and everything has gone down, and I, and I feel like it's gotten more saturated. For some, my pay grade has gone up, so I feel like it, it's like, at least for me, it hasn't. I haven't felt a down. Like it's still an, an, on an up. Here's the know? deal, dude. This is I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this because this is finally our fucking moment, veteran DJs. Listen close. There isn't enough guys that can do what we do. Oh my God, you're right. There isn't yeah. enough guys. So now we get to walk in and potentially call the shot within moderation. Don't right, get too right, big for right. the bridge. That's crazy to my accounts. But you, can, you can call it and be like, hey, I need X amount percentage raise. And if they go, no, be like, who the fuck else are you going to get to play this room the right way? Yeah. Ready? Go. Yeah. And they're not going to be able to name more than one or two guys. And they're already in the rotation. Yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So so I think that as veterans right now, the the technology the ball's kind of in our court. The technology uh access that other DJs have had where it's like, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna go DJ so I can get reels and fucking cloud off Instagram and whatever the hell. Cool. You missed out on all the learnings. Yeah, you're not doing your job. Like And so so when it comes time to play a three hour set and you're there with only an hour's worth of music, yeah, yeah we got a problem. Yeah. And so that's what I think is happening now. We get to kind of pick it. And be like, hey, I need, I need more. It's like, well, but why? 
It's because like, you're still making money and I want to make more money and you got no other options. Yeah. I wouldn't present it like that. <laughs> damn, damn that's, a, that's a good way to, damn, I would have presented it like that. Like no, that's, that's a good- That's uh, Scarface, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just whatever would you say beside you have no other options? Just no, like what, options are slim. The no, slim what what I here. would do is say, look, listen, I've been working here for a really long time. I would love to, uh, what, what, what's a good word? I would like to examine the possibility of me uh, getting a raise. I, you know, inflation's up the wall. Everything's more expensive these days. I'd like, I've been making, let's say that you make 800 bucks. I'd like to bump my pay up to a thousand. It's a nice round number. Helps me take care of the parking that's expensive as shit. Right, right. Gas is more expensive. How do you convey the message that they have no other option? Well, well you could, uh, you could say, look, the marketplace right now in regards to DJs is kind of slim. You have a bunch of new guys that don't know what they're doing and I'm a veteran that makes you money. Mm -hmm. I want to keep this relationship strong, but I also want to improve my standing individually yeah. like together we do good work together but you know you are after your bottom line and so am i so i would like to request a, you know an increase of 20 percent or whatever the percentage comes out to to a thousand dollars if they go no then you know where you stand which uh, no is good right 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 no is I, people get no and they're yeah. like oh i love no clarity is good no matter if it's positive or i negative. sent an email to a booker i said hey are you interested i'm free they said no because you work this other spot i said thank you yeah great yeah he didn't say well we'll try to get you in i'll let you know in yeah. three months you know yeah. what i'm saying because this is great when it's black and white you leave shit gray now if you don't know what the next chess move to make because it's they made. tell you no for the raise so now you know that you're capped yeah so guess what start looking for that other spot that'll pay you a thousand mm. and then across the street i'm that guy <laughs> sure for sure but if you want to do it that way but then you know there's a lot of different implications with that but then you go to that new spot Mm -hmm. And you're at a thousand, mm -hmm. and then you say to the old spot, "Hey, man, um, I'm giving you my two weeks, or I'm gonna have to cut down my dates because this other spot's paying me a thousand. Mm -hmm. real, real quick, how do you feel about Miami, like the market of Miami, and, and just the nightlife over here, and what it's becoming, <laughs> and what it's turning into, and and there hasn't where been you any, see it going? What, what new nightclubs do we have? <sighs> okay, nightclubs. Yeah. Okay. Um, M2, the new one. Okay. That's on. But that's not new. It's just mansion dressed yeah, up on a, with a Gucci belt. Yeah. Um. New nightclubs, uh, nightclubs. It's oh, like nightclubs. That's the thing. It's more loungy now. It's more about those big investments are, are are going more toward restaurants now and hospitality. So like the big budget nightclubs, it's 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 less. Um, story's gone. You know, I think the only ones standing now are, are you could just say are live in 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 eleven and dare and that's but that's not even Miami. But go on. Yeah, I mean, I count it as the market. You know, sure, but it, South uh, Florida, South yeah. Florida market. Um, and yeah, so and new clubs, none, none. That's a big fucking problem. Because that's where we work, remember? <laughs> right, right, right. But if there's no new clubs, but there's three new lounges, smaller now, three DJs are getting paid instead of one. Now sure. that, that budget is getting cut up to like smaller things. That's a problem. Which, Lounge is not going to pay as much as a club. That's number one. Number two, I- um, you. I, I disagree with you there okay. because you could, and I did it with Copper Blues. I did it with Brick. I did it with, the, you, you have to turn it into that. Sure. The DJ can do that. You if, carved if you, out, you carved out your niche in these venues. Right, right. But, but, and that's what I kind of, what I target now is, is, is places that could use my style to give it a whole new boost and then charge the money, you know? That makes so, sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm more of a prize fighter. So to me, it's like, I want to get in, get a bag and get out. Got you. Like you're you you're doing work and you're you know you're there, you're consistent, you're potentially like figuring out like I wanna book a fight, get it, you know, get in the ring, do it, and then be be out. Be out. Yeah. That's like the my mentality on it. Yeah. Your way works great. I I like my way. Every you know, everyone has a, their, their different yeah. thing. Uh the lounge thing in Miami is not my favorite because a lot of it is really high pressure 
great example. We don't have to name the lounge, but you spun at a spot. You know, you you were announcing yourself. You're a good DJ. You're playing music. You know, you're giving yourself a shout out. Casey Chops, let's go, let's go. Playing the music. You probably played the room fantastically. You get a general manager that goes, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. Because he's removed or he's a New York transplant or he mm-hmm. doesn't even, he has no fucking clue, mm-hmm. right? Because you've established a foothold in this market mm-hmm. and he doesn't know you. That's his fucking problem. Mm-hmm. So he goes, who's this guy? I don't like him. Get rid of him. Yeah. Now you get X out of that club or that yeah. lounge. I'm sorry. Right. That's the stuff I don't want to deal with. Yeah. Fuck politics yeah. and nightclubs and nightlife and and lounges. But unfortunately, yeah. it's part of the part of the game. So what I like to do is I'll go play it there. I'll go play it in Fort Lauderdale. It's the same check that mm-hmm. of some of these lounges down here. And I don't have to deal with those kind of managers, those yeah. kind of owners that come up and might bark at you because yeah. X, Y, or Z. Or all of a sudden you get the um, the Dubai football team coming in and they just bought $37,000 worth of bottles and you got to play the thing from the XYZ mixtape that just came out three weeks ago in the UK. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden you have to play that. And then Jennifer Lopez walks in with Mad Bunny and and the owner and they got a table and now you're getting- You're getting eyes. pulled in 20 different directions. And, you, of, and, it's, and, it's, and it's all for the same check. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. To 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 what? Like, be with the cool kids, maybe, or have like it look a little more luxurious on the fly. Now, here's the deal. Now, I just figured this out in my head, and I'm so happy I'm about to say this out loud because hopefully somebody takes this and like can can. I, I want this is clip this for me. Mm-hmm. Dealing with high stress situations in those kind of lounges where it's like high scale, high notoriety. You know, you get good marketing from the flyer. You're dealing with celebrities. You might have, again, Bad Bunny walk in with Jennifer Lopez, a football team, a soccer team, the big owner that owns all the things. And then they come up to you and you're still getting the same check. Mm-hmm. That stuff used to work. And I would do it when there was something bigger to jump to. Mm-hmm. When I could use that marketing for the next club, when I could use that marketing for the next space, when I could right. use that marketing for the marketplace and be like, look, I'm the fucking man. Right. But we don't have new nightclubs. So where am I going to use that marketing? You're mm. telling me I have to be under the gun and stressed with XYZ bottles, play this over there, do this now, don't do that. Why are you playing this? The owner's over there, the celebrity's over here. They want to hear hip hop. They want to hear Spanish. They want to hear this. Bad Bunny's in the corner. Like I got to deal with that for the same check that I go to another venue and I right. get to DJ and have right. a fun time. Right. And it's the same right. because now I'm, I can use both marketings to the same thing. There's One, no uh, there's no higher level. Right, 100%. And if, and, and, and and what I don't understand is a lot of DJs that they do those those um I guess in the scene, the mixy places where the celebrities are going to walk in and it's like what, what you have to do something with that. It, you know, it's cool to DJ there, but what are you going to leverage that into? Like, are, are you going to talk to one of the soccer players and maybe pitch him a business idea and, and, and do like, are you going to do something with all those expensive people in the room? Or are you just going to say you DJed for them? Bingo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, if you have a plan to like, yo, I, I want him on my podcast or I want, I want, I want to pitch him a business idea or can you wear my clothes? I have a new clothing line. If you're going to use to actually network with these people, then I'm all for it. But if you're just going to be amongst all these celebrities and just say you DJ here and do nothing with it it's not going to help you like you said because there's nowhere else to jump to to market that don't forget prize fighter mm-hmm. i'm going in and i'm playing music now this is those moments where i'm people afterwards they're like oh he's a cocky asshole there might be someone that comes up to me and goes yo you're really good mm-hmm. that's a celebrity that needs an xyz mm-hmm. dj for something right mm-hmm. and then that's where that's where my parlay is i'm not a social person I'm not gonna go hang out and be like, hey, can we get a picture? Let's or, take hey, a shot, let's take a shot. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. Like again, prize fighter. I'm there to do my job, mm-hmm. to do it the best mm-hmm. that anyone can do it, You know, as good as anyone else in that moment, and I'm out. 
Mm -hmm. I'm getting my check and I'm out. So it doesn't serve me a purpose to go be under all that stress in those situations where I have to, I get pulled from seven different directions and you're dealing with dickhead managers that have no idea who you are. You know, you know what's crazy, Khan? I, I had a, 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 a decision to make, right? It was uh, one of those high stress clubs on South Beach and <laughs> it was a low stress club in the Hard Rock, right? Not Dare, right? So I had to choose. The pay was the same, right? <laughs> one of them was a two hour set high stress sure the other one was a four hour set no, no stress no not not low no stress no. and not just that but they'll come up to you after and go yo great job man yeah you did good yeah the party might be kind of whack though the four hours it might go by slow it's not gonna get the energy this shit's gonna be high energy but it's gonna be high intensity in a bad way too it's gonna be stressful and i had to make a decision i like short sets i don't like long sets bro and i was like damn i chose the four hour set you know over this high stress two I hours set. i will choose that four hour set every day of the week yeah because then, you know what I could do there? I can grow my network and maybe mm -hmm. take a carve out. If you get paid the same amount, carve out just 10% or 20% mm -hmm. and call up a DJ. Be like, yo, you want a shot? Mm -hmm. You want to work over here? Mm -hmm. Cool, man. How about you open and close? Yeah. I'll, give you one, I'll give you an hour and a half on both ends. Yeah. And now you can even go up to the club and be like, hey, what'd you think? Yeah. It's good. How about you add an opener and like, give, me two, give me an extra 200 bucks? Yeah. You know what I noticed too? As the club's square footage started getting smaller, that it really affects you on the beach and places where you have tourists because the, the, the it's not homogenous. What's the opposite of homogenous? Uh, varied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you have so many very different people in, but it's in a it's a small quantity of people. So it's harder to cater. It's harder to get energy in a big room, and you have a lot of different people. It's easier because there's more people having a good time. But when you're in a small room and it's a bunch of different people, now it's like okay, it, it, no one's ever happy when half the okay. Let me. I'm sorry. Let me say it like this: in a big nightclub, when half the room is happy, you're good. But in a small nightclub, only half the room is happy, you're fucked. I I can see what you're saying, and you know what? Uh, just as a quick note. A lot of the lounges here that are like popping and, and dope, they're all hip hop, mostly hip hop. Right, but, but what I'm getting at is some, the girls want the Bad Bunny, then you, you, you prep your, your hip hop set, you go to the hip hop set, now this guy wants the Romanian national anthem because he's from Europe, you know what I'm saying? And half the club is always pissed, bro. I remember I was playing, I'm not gonna say the club, it was a popping club and it was, uh, I was playing the Porto Bonito, Bad Bunny, the Colombian girls in front of me and general admission are going crazy. This guy's bottle came out, hood dude, and he's looking at me with his bottles, five bottles, looking at me, shaking his head like, yo, what the fuck is this? And I'm here like, bro, this is the biggest, in my head, I'm like, it's the biggest song in the club, but this guy hates me right now. Yeah, and he yeah, just spent 5K. That's the kind of thing. I, if it's just that guy and he doesn't do anything about it, then you're, you could probably go under the radar. But the problem is if he talks to a manager and goes, yo, why the Fucked. fuck? Yeah. And then the manager's like, yo, what are you doing? Because at the end of the day, it's real simple. Bottles will always surpass general admission. The markup on bottles is 5,000, 10,000%. Right. But the energy and the vibe of the whole room comes from GA. I agree with you, but they don't look at it that way because right, it's right. a bottom lines business. Right. They don't give a shit about people having a good time. Let's be right. honest here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's look, I, I, it, no, no you're, you're right, you're right. I'm getting fired up. Yeah. Dude, they don't give a shit if they're selling skis uh, or, or muffins or alcohol bottles, right? It, a lot of these places do not care about how people feel. KC Chops, boy.